Hi, I'm Sarah Kuhn. I'm the author of Dr. Afra, the audiobook, and you are listening to The Living Force. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. All right, everybody, gear up. We're going out there. A Utini Podcast Network production. So you do know what the Dark Saber is. Episode 110, Talking Clone Wars. Wow. What do you know? On this episode, celebrating May the 4th. <sighs> New book reviews. Are you having a problem, Master Kenobi? And the Utini team talks about the influence of the animated series Star Wars Clone Wars. No, no, no not the Clone Wars, just plain old Clone Wars. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, and Wes Jenkins. What's up, everyone? Welcome into the Living Force. I am one of your hosts with my sick new Her Universe Tano shirt, Eric Eilerson, repping a character we won't be talking about tonight. And I'm joined by Dr. Corey Helton. Hey, man. What is up? We already have talk in the chat about how to pronounce Gindy Tartakovsky, and I'm going to have to say that a thousand times to get it right. Gindy Tartakovsky. Gindy Tartakovsky. Gindy Tartakovsky. If you say it three times into a mirror, Mace Windu will appear. Uh, we, also, we also, though, have, hilariously, not the host who wanted to do this episode in the first place, but we do have Wes Jenkins. Hey, man. Hello, it's Gandy Tartakovsky. Gandy Tartakovsky. Gandy? Gandy? Gandy. 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 Is, is it Gindy or Gandy? It's Gindy. I, I was, was saying I was watching okay. the Gandtart oh. comic or the Gandtart Clone Wars, but it, it's not right. It's Gindy. Well, we're here to talk about <laughs> Mr. T's cartoons that he did about Star Wars. And um, for those of you unfamiliar with that, that is uh, the Clone Wars series that just dropped on Disney Plus in the Vintage Collection earlier last month. But to that in a moment. First, a couple things. As we said earlier, as we said, I said, I'm using the royal we here because I'm that guy. Uh, it is May 3rd, as of this recording, because we're intelligent and decided to do our live podcast the day before May the 4th, because this won't be outdated by the time it hits your audio player on Friday. Um, I mean, we, we didn't decide <laughs> to do that. It just it happens to be Monday, and like yeah. here we are. So That's yeah. true. We didn't intentionally do it, but it is the night before May the 4th, and guys, we got a lot of stuff coming tomorrow. Obviously... Most importantly, we have a 70-minute premiere episode of The Bad Batch, Ooh, oh the new series on Disney Plus, dropping t this morning at midnight Pacific. Um, I will be waking up at for the first time at 2 in the morning, Chicago time, to watch it. Uh, guys, uh, we talked about this on Bounty Hunt this weekend. Go check that out on this very channel. But for those that didn't watch, how are we feeling about The Bad Batch finally premiering? Well, I'm uh, not going to get up at 3 a.m. because I have to get up at 5 to go to work. So that's not <laughs> going to happen. Two hours earlier. Just easy. <laughs> Same I'm, thing. Yeah. I might have to go to work. sleep. I might. I'm just going to I'm just going to I'm just going to keep drinking from now until like yes. when I go to work in the morning. I'm sure that can't go badly for me at all. No, really? I don't do there's, that. <laughs> there's a Wow, West the fun sucker, I suppose. <laughs> Good lord. And by um, the way, we need you to help perform this uh, amputation on this person's foot. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Come on. There's an episode of Grey's Anatomy about that. I guarantee it. That's uh, right. That's right. But uh, we, we did chat briefly this, this weekend in our, again, our new weekly show, Bounty Hunt, where we'll be going through all of the Bad Batch episodes every weekend about what we loved, about what we, we are excited about. And mm -hmm. we showed some of the character posters we've gotten. And today, 
We got one more character poster. Let's throw that up on the screen because this revealed a character that was a little mysterious. Omega! This is mm. the, the, the new Grogu, as I will call them. <laughs> um, what Initial thoughts. This is, she was in the trailer. We saw. We chatted about mm-hmm. her a bit, but now she's got a name? She's got a poster? I don't think I've... I don't think I've ever been more curious about an animated character ever. Ooh. Like, I, I, I think it's, I think this just speaks to me on so many different levels because, like, I love the clones. I'm, like, really, really into the clones. I love Order 66. Uh, I love Django Fett. Like, everything about all of this is just super interesting. And it's a girl. What does it mean? It's true. I don't know. Oh, my God. Blind Fates just <laughs> blew my mind in the chat. She might be the last clone. The yes, Omega. I was going to bring that up. Oh Omega is the, is, the, is the last great. Greek letter. Yeah, I saw that on Reddit today. Somebody That's said awesome. that, uh, yeah, like Django is the Alpha and she's the Omega, which is fucking oh, awesome. That I love. Or also- Boba. No, no, Boba. Oh, I guess he might not be the first clone. Yeah, it's true. I don't know who the first, first one was. He was just the one yeah, that he I, wanted. I guess, I guess you would consider Django like the alpha. But anyway, regardless, Omega's a great name. Yep. Yeah. I have no idea who she is. She looks awesome, and uh, I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be great. I'm I'm, I'm so stoked. Uh, it Now, this is the first time. I'm not a midnight watcher in my previous uh, Disney Plus shows. I've like gotten up at 5 or so and watched before work. Um, but because tomorrow is May the 4th, there was a lot of merchandise dropping, and because we live in the age of everyone learned how to shop on the internet in the last 12 months really well, Shop Disney says they're going to be releasing like exclusive lightsabers and exclusive things at midnight Pacific and at 7 a.m. Pacific. I don't know what's going to be in which drop, but I don't want to wake up at 7 and be like, oh, the thing I wanted dropped at 2 in the morning. So um, my plan, I'm going to tell you all right now, is to do this show with you lovely people. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love the show very much. And then I'm going to bed, like, almost immediately, and then I'm going to wake up at 1.30. I'm going to go shopping at 2 a.m. maybe. Then I'm going to watch The Bad Batch. Then I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> then I'm going to wake up again for the second drop at 6.30 a.m., and then I'm going to I'm gonna work. And, my manager, if you're watching... <laughs> You are yeah, a madman. Yeah, I'll be fine. I, swear. I want I want a nuts. a time lapse. I want you to take a picture of your face right when you wake up for the first drop of the merchandise and then take a picture oh. of the second time you wake up and you're just like and then take a man. picture of your face right when you're about to log off of work. <laughs> <laughs> See, and it's a problem I, because like this is oh. a uh, I, I am. Uh, I think I'm gonna try to get up and watch it. I really enjoy all the slack talk that happens yeah. during the day, and, and every single time that uh, every single time I have I have waited, I've regretted it. So I'm gonna try to get up. But I'm not sure if you guys have realized this. This is the longest Star Wars thing we've gotten on Disney Plus, like in one sitting. Do you realize? Yeah. That? Wow. Yeah. Like all the Mandalorian, yep. like all Clone the Clone Wars, Wars season seven. Uh-huh. Nothing was 70 minutes. Like that's that's a. It's like lengthy. usually, I get up like a. I usually get up like an hour before or whatever. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm, I'm gonna have to time. I'm gonna have to get up like an hour and a half. Like, what if I got to get up like? Maybe I just get up at three a.m. because that's the time. Yeah. Well, and and it's crazy because it's like this is not what we're used to. As far as I understand, this is not episode one and episode two premiering like like they did with they did that with was it Clone Wars? They premiered like two episodes one day or something. This is one. <laughs> episode like it is not it is a full thing and then there are 15 additional episodes because we did confirm it's a 16 episode season um okay. 
I, yeah, we got our bounty hunts laid out for us, boys. I'll tell you what. I know. We don't have to speculate too much no. uh, on the show, but like I, I, I know that you guys can catch it on Bounty Hunt. Like yep. we said, Bounty Hunt, in case you, you've missed this, Bounty Hunt used to be a Patreon-exclusive show. We pushed it to a live stream. It's open to the public. It's on, it's on our YouTube channel now, I believe, yep, right? It's up right now, watch it. right before this video. Yeah, so we did like a, we did like a sort of a pre, uh, pre-Bad Batch episode over the weekend, which was a lot of fun, so we, we've really enjoyed it. Uh, we really enjoy doing those, and uh, we speculated a lot on that show. I mean, that's what we do. We just kind of mess around and talk about film and media and stuff like that. So um, it's a lot of fun. Go check that out. But yeah, I mean, any thoughts on this first episode? I know, like, some of the big thing that we said was probably Order sixty six. You think they're going to just come out the gate with it? I th- you you convinced me yesterday. When Same we, when the, yeah. when we when we recorded that bad bet or the bounty hunt for the bad batch recap um, that they're going to do Order sixty six. What are they going to do it? In the very beginning of the show, or are they gonna do it at minute yeah. sixty eight, <laughs> minute sixty seven? Oh, I think oh, it'll be no. in the in like the first third. If we're going like a three act structure, right? Maybe like the first mm. third ends with it, and then it's like the escape, mm-hmm. and then they're safe, and then it ends with them on the adventure in their ship, which I already forgot the name of, which I'm sure is getting a Lego set tomorrow. <laughs> um, but I uh, on the note of May the Fourth as well, though I wanted to tell you all if you're watching this, um, hi. I'm Eric. Um, if you're watching this, a couple things on Utini for May the 4th to keep your eye out for. We have a video coming out tomorrow about Star Wars Insider that our very own Emma Park made with the help of Trev Davey, who you may know from Star Wars Archives and the Keeper of the Utini Timeline. They have a deep dive into the history of Star Wars Insider in honor of the Star Wars Insider Fiction Collection that is being delivered to my house tomorrow. I know some people found it at bookstores uh-huh. this weekend. Um but after, God, delay after delay after delay, I, I'm sure Jared on our team finally wrote enough angry letters th- that they're <laughs> that they're releasing it to the public. So check that out. And then, of course, on our social channels, uh, both personal and official, we'll be reacting to the news drops as they come. I'm sure we'll we'll find out some stuff. I mean, Marvel dropped a hell of a sizzle reel today, so maybe Star Wars will follow suit tomorrow. I think that'd be pretty cool. Ooh, right? what if we get like another teaser trailer for the next film or something? That would be wild. Or a TV show? You think we're going to get something media, like Cass- film or TV? Uh, I just want a picture of, of Cassie and Andor's face. That's it. I'll be fine. Okay. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. I'd, I'd be, I'll be happy with anything. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a bunch of stuff, but, you know, I'd be happy with anything. It'd yeah. be cool, like a good 30-second teaser trailer. Yeah. Just, yeah. just to tide, tide us over. And, like, and we'll right. see how much there is, too, because tomorrow night we have a Patreon event, our night at the opera uh, that we've been talking about for a while. Us and our patrons, uh, Inquisitorious and above, will be getting together on a Zoom and watching that Bad Batch episode again at 8 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. So if you are one of our patrons, make sure uh, you keep an eye out on your email and over on Patreon. Timothy is sending all the info that you'll need for that tomorrow night. But I'm sure if some stuff gets dropped, we might have a, a little chat there as well. And, I mean, when all those shows dropped, Corey and I had to make an impromptu video because of the excitement. So I don't know what they're going to drop, but keep your eyes out. We we can't hold our excitement for these things if they're too right. big. So very excited for that. Um, and speaking of Patreon, we have no new patrons this week. We do not have a patron of the week this week. But we have you, whoever you are, and your shining face. And we'll see you tomorrow night for the night at the opera event. All right. Now, on to our Star Wars Weekly Roundup. We do have a book review this week. It's been a while. Um, it's been a little bit of a bit since we got some cool Star Wars reference books. But uh, our friends at Abrams were 
glorious and beautiful enough to send this over my way. This is, get the glare off it a little bit. Star, uh, can't get the glare off it. It's not possible. Uh, the Art of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge by Amy Ratcliffe. Now, this has been going around Twitter for a while. Um, it's a thick boy. It's a thick boy of a book. Um, <laughs> and if you're familiar with the art books from all the films, you're going to find a lot of things to love in here, right? You got your basic concept arts um, for all the shops. You got concept arts for all the rides. But what I really especially like in this book mm. is that it's kind of the ultimate argument against, oh, Disney just made a theme park, right? Because this book is, it's, I mean, it carries a $50 price tag, like normal art books. It is fully illustrated. It's hundreds of pages because there are interviews with designers that thought about Galaxy's Edge clearly just like they would think about a film. They talk about the world building. They talk about the character fashion. They talk about the stories that are told around. They like There's illustrations of the universe and the galaxy around the planet of Batu or Batu or Batu or whatever, however you say it. Um, and that's what I was really surprised at as I was reading through it. Amy does a great job kind of narrativizing the creation of the park from its inception in the way that they thought about it to the things that they kept to the things that they didn't. And one of the coolest things about that that I find as I'm flipping through is that there are things that aren't in the park that are in this book. However, because it's not a film, it, it, they didn't yell cut, they didn't just put it out there, all this, or most of this stuff can still be made in the future. There can be expansions. There can be things that they'll bring back at later times. And in that way, it's kind of like the ultimate guide to the current park and the preview guide for the future of the park. And, and, and as someone who had not two... But three trips to Galaxy's Edge canceled because of COVID. <laughs> I had to do it. I get it. I'm excited to go. Um, if you didn't miss it th- before this, this it is almost unbearable now reading this um, to learn the history of the places that you already wanted to go. And it made me think about the first announcements about Galaxy's Edge and how excited we were because we saw the art. And what is it? What could it be? And now I think that. Throughout the last year, it feels like, at least online, we've kind of taken for granted that there is a custom-built Star Wars world in real life. Like, that's still, that's still insane. And, and this book really brings back a lot of the magic of that initial discovery because it shows you all the things you can see in the park physically, all the stories that can kind of enrich your experience of being there. So if you like the art books already, I, I assume you're probably going to pick this up. If you were a little hesitant because you thought it might be a little too much about, like, I don't know, about like, oh, I can buy this here, I can buy this there. It's really a lot more spiritually like the films, right? This is a story they told at the park. It's a story they tell while you're there, clearly. And if you want the behind the scenes of the stories, you got to check it out. It's available now from all booksellers. Um, Amy, congratulations. She also snuck a couple of Taylor Swift references in there. So look for those Easter eggs, (laughs) right? You got to love it. Um, Affiliate links are available at utini.com if you want to throw us a couple bucks as you pick up this glorious book. So The Art of Galaxy's Edge, available now wherever books are sold. A couple more shout-outs I want to give here. Uh, I want to start doing this a lot more because we have three live shows on the Utini Podcast Network on YouTube. The Living Force, which you are currently watching. The Cosmic Force, which is our comic show every Wednesday evening. And Legends Look Back, which is our Thursday night show. And I'm going to start telling you all what's coming up on those shows this week because they plan ahead way more than we do. 
so this Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, the Cosmic Force is going to be talking about comic book events. So these are like talking about crossover issues, things like that, in honor of War of the Bounty Hunters coming up in the Star Wars books. And Legends Look Back is bringing back uh, Star guest of many of a Utini podcast, Cheryl Bell, for their first part of their Outbound Flight Roundtable by Timothy Zahn. Now, Corey West, have you guys read Outbound Flight? Because I have not. I, years ago. It's been a very, very long time, but I, I did a long time ago. I have seen what the cover looks like. <laughs> I bought it and put it on my shelf and went, yeah, nice. So I, so I am actually very excited um, to check out um, that show on Thursday because for some of us that are really into Throne Ascendancy right now, right? Greater Good is uh, is celebrating its its release couple weeks, release month, if you will. Uh, this is that. This is this is Chiss lore pre canon. Mm-hmm. It's a really thick, awesome Legends novel. So very excited to see the gang on Thursday, and very excited for the Wednesday gang to get us excited about the upcoming comic event. Which, again, starts this Wednesday. Check out your local comic shop or Comixology for War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha number one. And, of course, as always, if you're looking to buy any of the books we talk about, this is the middle ad break. This is the middle ad break that I have to say. Uh, check out the Utini new releases timeline. Upcoming novels include The High Republic, The Rising Storm on June 29th, and The High Republic Race to Crash Point Tower also on June 29th. Thank you, to always, to Frank and our team for keeping that up to date. All right, I'm running out of saliva in my mouth for a second. So, Wes, can you go run us through the book <laughs> reviews we have this week? Sure can. Mm. Replace it with beer. That's what I need. <laughs> so, first up, we have Matthew J, and he reviewed Myths and Fables by George Mann. Spoiler alert, he gave it five stars. So, when I first heard about this book on The Living Force, I knew I had to get it, and it lived up to the hype. I thoroughly enjoyed all the stories. I just wished there were more stories. As a non-American, I have the standard version. If I ever visit Galaxy's Edge, I will definitely get that version. I can't wait to get Dark Legends and their recently announced Life Day. This book will not be for everyone, but people who enjoy these types of stories will love it. I can't wait to have children one day just so that I can read them this book. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Oh, wow. Love that how book. Many, how, how many versions of this book are there? I think there's three. Is there <laughs> not? Yeah, there is the regular least... version, the Target version, uh, yeah. and then the Galaxy's Edge version, which I which I did review on this channel in a previous weekly roundup. That's like all bound and had like I think five extra yeah. stories. Yeah, or something. extra stories, and then the Target version yeah. was just like a different color, or was it? Yeah, yeah I think maybe cover. had one or two more. Oh yeah, here it is. <laughs> Look at that! How, about it? How did you <laughs> you summon that to your hand? Like <laughs> I did. I'm like the Thor, and now it goes away. Ah! Ooh. <laughs> You gotta gotta quit making these thumbnails for me, Eric. I can't have you on every one of these. Happy to help. Here, I'll uh, I'll I'll take the next one. All right. um... Yeah. Um, That was that one was less impressive. I know it was was good. Uh, So this is uh, Leia O reviewed Bloodline by Claudia Gray, giving it five stars. It says, this was the first Star Wars book I ever read, and I loved it. The relationship between Leia and the other main character, Ransom Kosturfo, is phenomenal, and all the characters in the book are well-written. Claudia Gray is one of the best Star Wars authors out there. I may be a bit biased, as Leia is my favorite character, but this is the best Star Wars book, in my opinion. Amazing! 
Love Blind. Wow. Love Blind was also one of my first canon books, and I remember that. I loved it. It doesn't get talked about as much, does it? It doesn't. Yeah, it's it's a heavy politics book. Like he's really into politics. Claudia Gray writes a lot of politics, and it's very good. Is this but, the first time we see Ransom Castrofo? It yes, is. It is. So that's, that's is. why yep. it didn't ring a bell to me when I read. Uh, I, yeah. When I read yeah. Rebecca Roanhorse book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His whole story is pretty much in that one. Okay. It's a good one for sure. Yeah. It was great. All right, Corey, round us out, man. We got one last one about uh, one of your favorites. Yes, that's right. Obi-Wan C reviewed Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising by Timothy Zahn. He gave this book four stars. He said, I have a confession to make. This in Rebels is the first time I went on an adventure with the 2B Grand Admiral. I know, I know, I'm sorry, but man, uh, what a first adventure it was. It was all a bit confusing in the beginning, and you get a lot of information thrown at you. But Zahn really takes his time to explain what happens. And also, I love that everything in this book is new to me. The Chiss Ascendancy is new. Thrawn and his pals are new. Uh, the way they navigate to other planets, those planets and the inhabitants of those planets, it's all new. The only thing that isn't new to me is something that's pretty much new to them, what they call lesser space. And I love that they call it that. really shows how high and mighty they think they are. Anyway, I'm super hyped for the other two books in this trilogy and cannot wait to see Mithra transform into the super intimidating guy I know from the Rebels TV show. It really says that. Uh, transform into the super intimidating guy I know from the Rebels TV show, except when he wears that helmet. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's not the best helmet. Accurate. That helmet is so stupid. I don't know why he wears that stupid helmet. He, you know, he's he like, was... please order an attack on the planet. <laughs> oh, no. And it's like, dude, bro, I don't, I don't need that. And you don't right. know how, how close he was in spelling Mithron Neroto either. Yeah, it's super, pretty super close. Yeah, check out the book profile. You'll see it. Uh, you'll see it right there. And oh man, hold on, I'm gonna do one thing, and then we got a super chat I want to talk about. Uh, if you want your review on this show. Look up your book on utini.com, scroll down to the bottom and add your own star rating and user review. We will talk about this on the show. And we just got a super chat from Star Wars Timeline, the channel and the personification of the timeline, I have to assume. And uh, said, I just released my recommendation video on their channel. Go check them out. They said, which canon and legend book would you all recommend for a newcomer? We haven't talked about this in a bit. So where we are now, let's start canon book. For a newcomer, mm-hmm. let's say we can't say Lost Stars. That's the, I think that's can't an easy one we go to. What's a good canon mm. first read? I might actually jump in with this Thronus and Easy Chaos Rising because Ooh. like that that trilogy is ongoing. It's going to be completed this year. Mm-hmm. It's like it it hits that sort of key point, which is like to follow along with the community is a lot of fun, mm-hmm. right? So I think that would be actually a good one to start with. I, I think it's not you don't really have to know that much because it kind of starts fairly fresh as far as like all the politics and mm-hmm. stuff of the chess. So maybe it's a good one. That could be good. Uh, Wes, what do you think? Um. I want to say Master and Apprentice. Master and nice. Apprentice would be a great nice. choice. Just, just to where you get the Jedi where you, that you're looking for, and you're familiar with the with the characters mm-hmm. from the prequels. So I think that would be a good start to get some familiarity um, behind the reading. Yeah, I think nice. that's a great point, especially like, and if you're a reader that's coming from a lot of prequel love, you can't get better, right? As a first book, Master and Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Um, you more cerebral fans, I think Ascendancy is a great point. Um, Timeline says they included the first new Thrawn book as well. I know, Corey, you love that one as well. I think that's a great one for new readers. Um, man, I it sounds weird, right? But I also think, despite the fact that it has a lot of references, Resistance Reborn is also a pretty good one. 
because it has some a lot of book references that you don't need to know. But it also yeah. is so in line with characters, especially from the sequel trilogy. If you love that, mm-hmm. um, if you, it, it's I think one of the closest tie-ins that we've had for those characters. So that's definitely some good canon ones. Um, now, legends-wise, gosh, obviously the pool is so much bigger. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go first on this one. So I because I I have like one that's really popping in front of my head. I, I go with Darth Bane. I think Path of Destruction mm. is just a great intro. Yeah. It's an yeah. easier I read. I love that book so much. Right. It, there's Audiobook. so much in it. It really buzzes through as far as pacing goes, which is, I think, for your first read, you want something that's really going to go by quick so you feel accomplished. Mm. And the character mm. work in Dark Side Mythos is just so brutal and so good. <clears throat> and I think something that's really uh, really great about Legends. Oh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys. I almost <laughs> read a chat answer, but I think one of y'all might say it as well. Ah, uh, yes. That's the one, Andrew. Kenobi, you, yeah. I would pick Kenobi as as your if you're dipping into Legends for the first time to grab on again, like I said with a canon reference, familiarity with the character, because um, you know that um, Obi Wan was banished or if you will hiding on Tatooine um, during Episode Four, and you see that uh, come to light in Episode Three as well. So um, that give you something to to look forward to when you're reading through it. I'm going to use that as an yep. excuse post-COVID for why I don't want to go out. Like, oh, I'm banished. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't go out. I'm, oh, no. I got to. It's, yeah, it's my honor code. That's right. I got to watch right. over my neighbor. I, mean, I think there's only one obvious choice when you're looking at Legends books, and that's the classic Eye Jedi. I mean, why wouldn't you read that amazing, How can amazing we book? How can we forget? Don't read Eye Jedi. Don't read that book. It's bad. The book is bad. It's really bad. Don't read it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. yeah, definitely check out Star Wars Timeline's channel. <laughs> we we sent him some merch a while back. Uh, he's got some pretty cool stuff. He's, yeah. uh, check him out. Yeah. For sure. Thanks for the super chat, man. Appreciate it. We were talking tonight about a little thing called the Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars. Uh, this is a 2D animated show that arrived on the Disney Plus uh, earlier in the Vintage Collection. And... I want to get uh, a guest of the show's opinions on this in just a second. But before we talk about that, I want to ask you guys just straight up, when you heard this was coming to Disney+, Plus, what were your initial thoughts? Because I feel like they've been pretty good at never acknowledging anything un-Disney. Like, and then they're like, oh, by the way, all the really weird Ewok shows and that that non-canon <clears throat> Clone Wars, yeah, we're going to yeah. give it on Disney+. Plus. What was up with that? Can can we can we talk a little bit more about what this actually was in case people, the listeners, yes, like it's easy do. for us to say because we're going to show some pictures great and point, stuff like on the video stream. So you audio listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, this is uh, a early version of the Clone Wars that was previewed on Cartoon Network back in the day. Uh, in a series of like mini, what do you call the mini episodes? I guess yeah. they're all really short, of like yeah. they're like five to eight minutes long, mm-hmm. right? And like short, uh, short. They showed them, yeah, yeah, really, really short back in the day. And it's considered sort of a a prequel, maybe, to the real Clone Wars TV show that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't really know that it exists. Uh, it released your, I found I pulled up on Wikipedia here, 2003 to 2005. It was a series of 25, like, mini-episodes from mm-hmm. 20, 2003 to 2005. And it was, this is interesting, it was the first Star Wars television show since Ewoks, which aired from 1985 <laughs> to 1986. Yeah. I didn't know that. Which is <laughs> wild, and it's, and it's especially wild because this was, I mean, this is pre-Revenge of the Sith. This is, 
It is. We got the Battle of Geonosis at the end of mm-hmm. episode two, and then this was what the Clone Wars were for years. <clears throat> I mean, this was where we yes. saw Grievous for the first time. This is where a lot of the stuff that affected Revenge of the Sith got originated. Yeah. And they did it on Cartoon Network in short cartoons, which is the most know, also the was... worst George Lucas thing ever. It <laughs> is, yeah. And, like, it really feels like a test run for Lucas. Like, yeah. like, like this okay. was the first real animated TV show, and I've always sort of felt like it was that. Like, he... Like I feel like the Clone Wars is the thing that George Lucas always wanted to tell. Agreed, right? Hundred like, percent. Like he referenced it in the first opening crawl of the first Star Wars film he pro- he produced. Uh-huh. It says Clone Wars in the opening crawl. I think doesn't it say? I think it says the Clone Wars in the opening crawl. I'm pretty Maybe. sure the words Clone yeah. Wars is in the opening crawl. I mean, he definitely says um, it. Like like Sir Alec Guinness has to say the words the yes. Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I, I fought. You fought Leia with your father it. in the Clone Wars, yeah. right? Leia yeah, it's crazy, it, yep. right? So he, I, and I feel like the Clone Wars has always been the story that he wanted to tell, and he just never could. He knew that George Lucas is the man of not having the medium available to tell his story, right? right? And I feel like animation was something he always wanted to do, mm-hmm. and but he maybe didn't want to pull the trigger on a full TV show for whatever reason. Maybe after the. I don't know, maybe not not amazing TV show <laughs> that was the Ewok show, perhaps. Not spectacular, yep. Uh, but, I mean, this is, it's weird and different, and it's, it's very unlike anything else we've seen. And, like, I don't know if the Clone Wars that we know would be the same if it wasn't for this show. So Yeah, yeah I don't think you're probably unfa- not. If you're not familiar with uh, with the animation style, it's kind of the same. Uh, I think he, uh, Gandy Turtacarter, yeah. I did yep. it too, Eric. Yeah, yes! Vindy Tarkovsky. <laughs> Vindication! Did the, uh, the Powerpuff Girl, Powderpuff Girls and, uh, like, Johnny Bravo. Yep. So, Samurai um, Jack. Samurai Jack well. as well. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it's that sort of animation. It, it, it looks like those shows, like, yeah. like strongly. Like, it, it's very anime and epic yeah. and, like, way over the top. Oh, like, And it's, it's really fun. And it's a lot focused on, especially for the Samurai Jack reference, it's very much focused on action in these. There's not a lot of dialogue, um, right. especially in the early episodes. Later on... Um, this in, in Disney Plus, it's separated into essentially two movie lengths, like two hour long episodes. And the second one, they have longer arcs. There's more storyline, more dialogue. But the first, there's a lot of just silent action, and it's really interesting that to get the kids in, we're just gonna not really have a lot of words, and it's just gonna be a lot of battles with characters you haven't seen. And that's the just. Can we get a um, before we get someone else's opinions, I want to hear who loves these. Let's let's show a preview of the animation style. We we have a couple pictures. Um, we do that we have pulled up. Let's just pick one to kind of show. If you're watching us on video, and you love the Clone Wars, like the Filoni Clone Wars, this is what it used to be. This 2D animation, super accented. Look at that stuff. <laughs> yeah, this is a really good shot too. Like Mace Windu is the most ridiculous character in this. <laughs> He is he is so overpowered that it is <laughs> that he is he's pretty much redeemed himself in the eyes of a few or yeah. maybe even a many. <laughs> it's amazing. I know. Oh, it's ridiculous. Especially that shot that, that that specific episode I think is is one of the the most memorable. Um, and this one has definitely a lot of memorable moments in this that like I think affected a lot of us as kids who had no idea what it was going to be. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, Eric has his. Is that is that Mace Windu's lightsaber? Yeah, I didn't know you owned yeah. that. Yeah, this was uh, an impulse buy. Here, let me get over. Look at that. Honestly, we That's start talking. About, I started watching this, 
And I'm like, oh, wait, Mace doesn't totally suck all the time? All right, I'll buy that lightsaber. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> that was, nice, uh, nice, nice, nice. Oh, I, I also, whoa, hold on. I want to do a quick... We have a Slack oh, yeah, message. I was, I, was about to, I was about to do that, do too. We, we, have, we, got a new, we got a new patron, CV in the chat. Just become a patron. Thank so we you. appreciate that. $10 right. patron. What, for you. Do you want to make sure you... <laughs> okay. Yeah, buying me lightsabers. Yeah. <laughs> that is not true. We do not use UTD money to buy Eric toys. He wastes all his own yeah. money doing that. I want you. I want you to paint me a picture of where you were when this show came out because this is in a very strange time in my Star Wars fandom. Because I was young enough to not really get it. I don't mm -hmm. think so. Like, I knew that this. I knew that this thing was on TV. There's the Star Wars show, but it was like these short five minute things, and it wasn't really predictable. You couldn't really predict when it was going to come on. And like, I didn't watch this in its entirety. I don't think until I was in college when I found it on YouTube. Yeah. So that's the. That's did you guys I watch this? It. I watched it on YouTube during. Hurricane mm. Harvey. So, <laughs> Dang. Five, four, four or five years ago, because we were rained out of the office and we got to work from home. And I was like, I get to watch Star Wars while I work or amazing work while I watch Instead Star Wars. How you get to do it? Yeah. That's awesome. I, uh, I watched this last month. See, first time. Really? Never watched it before because this was, I was in my like Marvel, um, like super comics in college stage. Mm -hmm. I was in a lot of theater and sports stuff in high school. So I, I paused my star Wars love until really force awakens time. And by that time it was, it was a little hard to find these. I mean, they were on YouTube, but the quality mm -hmm. wasn't great. And mm -hmm. that's really, I think was a big deal about Disney plus is like, you can watch it on your TV. It's crisp quality. So <clears throat> my only time watching was my first time watching, which was just recently. So it was, it was wild. Nice. As a 29-year-old Star Wars fan, to watch these cartoons that were that were airing as I was a child. Yeah, yeah. A lot of folks in the chat are jumping in saying they watched it live. Jared says uh, that he watched it on Cartoon Network every week before X Men Evolution. Excellent show. Wow, also. what a back-to-back -back <laughs> now having watched this. Uh, that's right. Cad Ben says he watched it when it first came out. Um, Cheryl says that it was weird scheduling, so she didn't really watch it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I remember it, too. It was kind of hard to find and stuff, like, back in the day. So I'm honestly shocked. To answer your original question, Eric, I'm honestly kind of shocked they put it on Cartoon Network. I mean, I put it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Like, I mean... Is the holiday special going to be on Disney Plus? I think I don't think a that's ever coming. That I will could. say I don't I think, think it's coming. Be. They put the test of courage on there, dude. Dang. I tried to watch that. I tried <laughs> to watch that true. last week. I tried to watch Caravan that last of week. Caravan of Courage. Caravan of Courage. Yeah, yeah. Caravan of Courage. I tried to watch it last week, and Caitlin was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> We can't we can watch, watch this. Honey, it's Star it's, Wars. Come on. It's so bad. It's so bad. It really is. Like, it's just, it's it's hard to believe that it's even really Star Wars. It's, like, it's something. But but it, it's funny <laughs> it, watching it now. God, not, this, not, but, but this, the Tartakovsky show is a little bit the animated version of that, right? Like, it's like, it's out there, it's man. Weird. Like, it's. It's, it's super weird. It's it intense. is really intense, and it's really weird. Like, okay, here I have the other screenshot. You made me pull. Oh my god, grab it! Like, it's weird. <laughs> Look at <laughs> Palpatine Look looks guy. melted we already. Gotta, we gotta talk about this is because I was watching this while I was while I was building a, a mechanical keyboard, but I noticed I would put my head down and I would I was lubing switches. It's a whole it's a whole thing. <laughs> you yeah. are what? That's right. <laughs> 
That's, That's right. on the Patreon right there. <laughs> it was late at night, and I was moving <laughs> switches. But I looked down, and then 15 minutes later, I looked back up, and the towels is still carrying Emperor Palpatine in his hands. So there's probably a good 15-minute um, action sequence where um, where Shakti and the Athorian Jedi mm-hmm. and then the With his, like, Jedi. burp of – his forced burp of awesome that's <laughs> yeah. just like – they're, they're like, fighting <laughs> off they're fighting off droids and yep. meanwhile the Tals is holding palpatine the entire time in his arms like a baby and it's like through the entire sequence it's it's yeah. the weirdest thing that i noticed uh, second weirdest thing because blind fates in the chat just said the weirdest thing that i watched which is 3po like sexily disrobing to show his gold plating <laughs> He's like flashing oh, Anakin's yes. head in an alley. <laughs> so he like takes. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. I mean, he it's looks so great. Don't get me wrong. But it is. It's like it's those choices. That's like, hey guys, we're gonna make the first Star Wars that's not a film, and we have another film coming in three years. We got to get all the kids hyped for. We're gonna make the only things they're gonna see until then, and it's like sexy three PO, a weird towels. <laughs> And Ithorian, and then a, a lot of punching. Like, there is a lot of physical punching of robots, especially by Mace Windu. Especially by Mace Windu. Like, Two different it, shots. Yeah. I've just like, <laughs> and it's, like, like it, is, it is wild, the, the character growth that happened, because it was one of our favorite things about the canon Clone Wars, like, obviously, why I'm wearing my Tano shirt, is, like, there's a lot of great character moments, and and they evolve clearly from episode two to episode three. Like I think Anakin's arc is incredible; it's a really great part of it. And then as Cheryl says in the chat, in this one, Anakin eats some worms and gets some weird tattoos. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I have I pulled up more images while we were talking. I thought you were giving us a side They're, profile of your face. Oh my god! It's a it is a this is a gold mine. Like you have to search for these. This is ridiculous. Look at this. Like here's here's Anakin. Look at. <laughs> Yeah, this is towards the end. Towards the end here. Yeah, he like gets his arm torn off. Like, dude, he looks so freaking scary. Look at that him. That was one of the, the one of the parts where I was saying it was intense because he reaches into that beam and grabs yep. what I'm assuming is a kyber crystal, and then as he crushes it with his mechanical arm, his mechanical arm explodes. And it's he just pretty metal. Has a limb. And he screams like bloody murder, like an intense scream. I was like, I don't know that kids are going to be like, okay, to watching this. And their parents walk in and they're like, what the hell are you watching? Like, it's on Cartoon Network, Dad. You're like, oh, okay. And he just leaves the room. Okay. Well, I don't and it's Dad. wild because, like, this is like the, the knighting of Anakin in, as, as a Jedi Knight, like, it happens in this. It's the same oath it does. that gets used now in canon. I love that it's the same wording, but they mm-hmm. cut off the braid, like, bi- like really big. Mm-hmm. M- like monumental events, like this is his trial, his Jedi Knight trial, is cut basically off, where yeah, he gets the, the weird braid. tattoos and stuff. Like it is a lot of interesting choices, and and I think it's also within that arc, or maybe it's it's a no, it's an earlier one that's my favorite moment, which is Anakin has this giant like, 10, 15 minute long fight with Ventress, yeah. and because we introduced Ventress for the first time. And oh my god, I love like the choreography of their fight. Like the raindrops hit the lightsaber blades and it steam comes up and it's just so environmentally satisfying. Yeah, that was a great that was a great arc right there. And yeah. again with the screaming. After yeah. I know <laughs> there's so much screaming. Look at Yoda riding this goat thing. Yeah, yep. that was like, the very beginning. Yep. 
Oh, can you bring up? I'm just gonna start requesting things, and this is so because this is how. If you haven't watched these yet, I hope that we have at least this weird freakout has inspired you to because this episode is basically us just kind of in awe that this existed and Star Wars is now owning it even more because there's a point where there's jousting, there's literal jousting that happens with yes. with Dirge, the droid assassin that's coming back um, soon in in the comics. <laughs> And they literally have, like, clone troopers with, like, jousting things on speeder yes. bikes rushing at droids. It's ridiculous. It's... I know Andrew, <laughs> Andrew in the chat keeps requesting I show the corn heads, and I have right. no idea what he's talking about because I can't <laughs> oh, find anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. Send me an image in Slack, Andrew, if you have it, I'll show it. Like right, here's what we'll do. should be in the Denver airport. <clears throat> Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. There's also uh I also have uh General Grievous. We got the first General Grievous. Uh, in Grievous this show. Is, is about twenty three feet tall and a and a terror <laughs> in this show. I know. Uh, he's so much scarier. That's uh that's also the back of uh Keati Mundi right there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah he's, it, curvy. he's literally curvy. <laughs> Look at his wrinkly head. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, and we had a we had a Oppo Rancisis uh they like not a debut, but yes. like it's him actually having oh, no. more dialogue. I, I, I bet it, I bet his neck is like this big around. <laughs> yeah. Oppo Rancisis, uh famously of Wes's fantasy team. That's right. Um got pick number three. <laughs> which which by the way, uh make sure go into our Living Force Discord or tell us in the chat um what draft do you want to see next? Because I am gonna put some of those in the schedule. We have a while between our, our round tables coming up. Uh we are gonna do some more drafts. Oh, the Slack notification yeah, came up. I, I heard it. Oh, no. I it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I it's have coming. to download this and pull it up. This is ridiculous. Oh, my God. Right, hold on. Hold on. It, is a, it, is, <laughs> it is a choice. It is a bold choice. This is a bold choice. <laughs> <laughs> and then they got, He's thick. He's thick, boy. <laughs> and then they got killer calves. <laughs> yeah, that's really what we're looking at. What is this? What the hell? Oh my god. What are god. those? All right, anyway. Uh, yes, all right. all right. Okay, for you audio listeners, you, go, you need Andrew. to go look this up. We need to tweet this. Somebody tweet this. Like yeah, so we Wes, can... who runs our <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> tweet this, please. Right. Because oh my god, this is unfortunate. Well, hey, on as Wes tweets that, let, let, let us bring uh we have a video message from a very special friend who actually wanted to do the show in the first place but couldn't be here and has quite a few things to say about the old Gendy. Let's let's roll that video and see what, what Charles has to say. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Charles. As you can see, I couldn't make the show tonight. I'm sorry about that. I'm here to give my thoughts on the Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars series. You know, as the kids would say these days, I'm not trying to flex on y'all, but I was a huge fan of this series back when it first dropped. I already loved a lot of Gendy's work. I was a big fan of Dexter's Laboratory and Samurai Jack and all that stuff on Cartoon Network. And I remember sitting in front of the TV waiting really eagerly for these shows to drop. Even though, you know, the first season was only two to three minutes at a time, those two to three minutes were a big deal. Remember, this was the first look that we had into the Clone Wars proper. These shows were were running in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And so this was the first time that we really got to see what happened after the Geonosis Arena. You know, it's really cool to go back and watch the Clone Wars now. Animation has changed so much. I mean, Gendy's Clone Wars and Filoni's Clone Wars 
really couldn't be any more different stylistically. But I have an appreciation for both. Gendy is so stylized. I love the harsh angles, strange characterization, the use of silence throughout the episodes. I really love that Gendy's Clone Wars embraces the weird and the strange and the odd. Like we see a Jedi Knight, Obi-Wan, jousting with a villain made out of bubble gum. Bubble gum. Gendy somehow took Shaggy from Scooby-Doo and made him a Jedi, as you do. Literally everything blows up at the slightest provocation. But this series also, it did a lot for characters that we didn't get to spend that much time with in the films. I mean, look at General Grievous as the main example. He is a force in this show. He's scary. But there's also, you know, Shakti and Kit Fisto and all these other people that it did a lot for. You know, also this series has some of the best fights. Anakin versus Asajj Ventress in the rain at the temple. It is up there with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul, Anakin versus Obi-Wan on Mustafar. It really is incredibly done. And I think it's a lot of fun too that we're seeing a lot of elements from this show make their way back into canon now. Dooku Jedi Lost by Kevin Scott. It, it had references to scenes in this show where Dooku first met Asajj. We've seen Dirge now. Remember the bubblegum guy? He's coming back in the comics. Now, finally, let's talk about Mace Windu. You can watch this show and really have an appreciation for Mace Windu. I mean, it can really change how you feel. And he can punch like a hundred times per second. I'm sorry, did that scare you? Did... <sighs> He's super nice to that kid on the hill. Doesn't even refer to him as a citizen. He does kind of drink his water, and then whenever he force jumps away, he totally knocks the kid's hat off and doesn't say sorry. Other than those things, though, he's cool. He's cool. Go watch Gendy Clone Wars. It's a ton of fun. If you used to watch it and loved it, you'll still love it going back. If you've never seen it before, give it a try. Something new. All right, that's all I have time for. I'll catch you next week. can't believe I had this gum just laying around. <laughs> <laughs> That was amazing. Charles is never allowed on the live show ever again. Andrew and Emma, you're in the chat right now. You have proof that Charles can edit a video. Get him oh, on the video team. For real. Wow. That was fantastic. Also, I have to say, I pulled up I pulled up Shaggy. Yes. <laughs> there oh, God, he is. This poor guy. Shaggy the Jedi. <laughs> Doesn't he get like like killed immediately oh, by Grievous? He couldn't take it. He couldn't face. wait. He could not know, he's wait. So, he's so scared. He's like, I can't take it anymore. And he runs out and Grievous kills him like immediately, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I, he, I remember I that. He crushes, crushes him, doesn't him. he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Him. Just stands uh, oh, I mean, no lies, Charles funny. said. I mean, amazing you got that footage of the Mace Windu punches that, in that video. It's exactly frame for frame the same. <laughs> um, I wonder what Nicole was doing while he was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> just, she's just shaking her head like, I will never come on this show with you. <laughs> Charles, that was amazing. It was, it was, it was exactly the vibe of the Gendy Clone Wars. Your video, which I think is the I chaos energy of it. And I think, I think that's the coolest thing about this show is that because it was in such segmented pieces, it doesn't really tell 
a giant narrative story again until kind of the last the last um, arc. There's it's a little longer. It's a little bit more, you know, a little more filled. But the other ones could kind of just do whatever they wanted. You know, hey, we got this robot character that collects lightsabers, and he's working for Dooku and Palpatine. He needs to kill people. Here's who you can't kill. And then that was it, I would assume, right? Yeah. Like, there was yeah. such a cool canvas of it. And I, now, don't get me wrong. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying, guys. I love the Clone Wars. I'm so excited for Bad Batch. Like, I love the giant narrative arcs. I love that stuff right now. But just like Charles but. said, you can love both of them in different ways. And I think it's just so cool. And frankly, something they didn't need to do, and we're not paid for this endorsement, that Disney Plus like put this on next to yeah, their Clone Wars. Because people are going to get confused. And they're like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yes. Okay. It, it is certainly a very interesting part of Star Wars history that I think we have to acknowledge that yeah. did pave the way for a lot of content that we love. And it existed in a really weird part of the prequel era, yeah. right? Like everybody was everybody was wondering what was going to happen with the Clone Wars, right? At the end of the clo- Attack of the Clones, like they said, J- Yoda says, "Just begun the Clone Wars." Have, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Like, it, and it's it's this really neat thing that happened and exists, and it's weird, and you got to go watch it. Like, I think yeah. it's totally worth doing at least once. Well, for and sure. can you imagine if before Rise of Skywalker, they're like, "Hey guys." On Nickelodeon at three twenty-three every Tuesday, you'll get a two-minute clip about fo- about Finn and Poe. Like that, yeah. that was like the like that's such a wild concept now because it, it, it all is. it all has to be so eventized. And obviously, as is evident by my horrible sleep schedule coming up, I'm <laughs> I'm buying into it. But like this, they there were just shows, and they were new content. But it was just you know we can explore a small medium, we can explore a long medium, and I'm I'm really excited for Star Wars to maybe. Maybe get into more of that. Like, it's funny as we're talking about this, it makes me think of Star Wars Visions that's coming out later this year, right? Yeah. Which are all like the anthology series from the anime writers. Like, <clears throat> these are probably going to be a lot of short stories that maybe don't intertwine and are just having fun with the form. And I hope they they get a little weird. I'm not going to lie, because this was, did this is so fun. They did a really good job with the music in this in mm, both of these mm-hmm. like long episodes. I guess you could say. Yeah. Especially with like Anakin and Padme's theme that they played. And um mm-hmm. it kinda all like the music really rolled into the movies. Because you could yeah. you could relate that music to what you saw in episode two and and right into these uh scenes in the Clone Wars, especially yeah. with Anakin and Padme, um and with uh with, with Obi Wan and with the council too. Also I'll say, I mean, you know, as big of a Padme <clears throat> fan as I am, I love her. I think she has some cool moments in this. The first shot of Padme, like, half her torso is cleavage. I swear. Like, Gendy was like, no, the kids need to see it all. And it's like, okay, take maybe, it. maybe. They gotta grow take up it. sometime. Yes. It, is, it was a choice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is, it's Star Wars. And it feels unapologetically it like, Star Wars, like Star Wars. You know? Um, so I want to ask you guys, if you had to pick one, we don't, we've talked <clears> about all kinds of things around them, which, which is also fun about this. You can, you can bounce all over the place with these because they're not super connected. What is, if you had to say, either when you were a kid or now, if it's changed, what's your favorite moment from the Tartakovsky Clone Wars? When you think about it, what's the one that really goes to the forefront of your head? Same goes for chat. Let us know. I mean, the first thing I think of is that crazy scene with Mace Windu where he jumps off of that ridiculous droid box thing, that cube droid thing, and... (laughs) 
lands in the middle, just kills like thousands of droids. It's like a what the hell is this? Comical amount of like, droids. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is like it is a truly comic. It's like a hundred thousand droids. Like yeah. it really is. Like it's just not even. Yeah. It's like it's like when when you play with with Legos. Like when you were yeah. playing with them. Like how you made them all behave. It's like. <laughs> yeah, but like that's, that's what you did. Like Legos go everywhere. That's what you did. Yeah. That's what he does. I think Genny is like a, he's like Kylo Ren in, in Last Jedi during the animation. He's just like more, 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 more. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, Wes, what about you? Um, so one that sticks out the most was when um, after Anakin had crushed the Kyber crystal or crystal or whatever that was. They don't have a lot of dialogue, so they don't really tell you. Um, and blows his arm up, and then the um, the warriors from that tribe that he was uh, trying mm-hmm. to help, they all were mutated in a way to kind of help oh, the yeah. Techno Union, and they all ripped their arms off in, in, <laughs> in unison for the one true Anakin Skywalker, so they're more kind of yeah. resembling yep. him. <laughs> I remember that. That's Epic. ridiculous. But, uh, and another, well, another one that really sticks out was when... Um, was when uh was when Grievous was was fighting the Jedi and then Palpatine was there and then Palpatine just like watches this going on and he's supposed to be scared but he backs up and he just he's just like it's all coming to plan yeah like, <laughs> his, like his shroud comes down like the shadow over his eyes and he just that whole foreshadowing mm-hmm. is great especially I mean just it's a kid show do they do they did they notice that or did you have to notice that when you're an adult. Right. Yeah, right, yeah, which is so fun, and yeah. Uh, also, like, you? um, hold on, I was trying to address a uh, West that they didn't say if it was Kyber or not. Clearly, a plot hole. They don't care at all about Star Wars. <laughs> um, in this video essay, I will anyway. Um, I, uh, the chat is saying mine. Um, the Anakin Asajj fight is probably number one for me. Mm. I think it, it, like Charles said in his Emmy award-winning video that he sent us. Um, it's beautifully choreographed. <laughs> it's amazingly story told. But I will also say the um, my number one first round draft pick Shakti, uh, she has a great time with uh, with the Tals carrying Palpatine in that whole time, her and the Athorian Jedi um, fighting off a ton of droids as they're just like running across Coruscant, like while the invasion's happening, they're just running for their lives and doing little fights here and there. There's a cool thing with a bunch of trains and Magna guards mm-hmm. that's super fun and intense. And I also want to give a shout out to the frame where Obi-Wan does the Akira bike drift um, yeah. on a land speeder with a <laughs> yes. lightsaber. Like it, it is a hundred percent. The, uh, I saw a jump cut of a bunch of like all the, all the things that have used um, the that Akira frame and Obi Wan on that mm-hmm. was one of the coolest because Obi Wan yeah. he has a sword and a cape like it's awesome yes. it's so Let's cool it. <laughs> um, oh and Cheryl says in the chat was more um, anyone gonna say uh, Kit Fisto swimming yeah, yeah, yeah. that was uh, that was weird In the very beginning yeah with the He's a beautiful man. I have oh a, yo, go ahead I have a couple I have a couple other small bits of trivia that I just learned oh, by skimming do. the Wikipedia page too. Uh, James Arnold Taylor was uh, Obi Wan in this show. He voiced Obi Wan. That's a good audition. Did not know that. Yeah, James Arnold Taylor. <laughs> he did that. Also, another really interesting fact: Anthony Daniels was C three PO. He voiced C three PO in the show. He so can't Anthony let Daniels do has it. truly <laughs> been in everything. Like, wow. Really um, <clears throat> this says that uh, uh, Tartakovsky stated that he purposely animated C three PO. 
um, with movable eyes and expressive eyes to sort of mimic and pay homage to his animated appearance in the holiday special, actually. Oh. Wow. Yeah, because he has eyes in the holiday special. Yeah. Ooh, That's pretty interesting. Uh, Chirps in the chat says, uh, the voice of Padme is the same as Azula from Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I was looking at the Love names. That. I don't really I don't really recognize any of the other names, but yeah. I'm not really great at that. That's super cool. Eric, you would probably. Tom Kane was Yoda. <laughs> yep. Same dude. That's pretty rad. Yeah, yeah. I cool stuff. I, I don't think we we haven't mentioned the clones a ton because there's so much good Jedi stuff, but this gave gave way to one of the greatest like Star Wars gifts of all time, which is that one cl- clone trooper that just goes, "Oh yeah, Gaga, Gaga, like takes on 18 droids by himself, like double fisting rifles and stuff, like, and it's interesting because the clones have such good personalities in Filoni's Clone Wars. And in this, uh-huh. like, they really don't talk almost at all. Like, it's all hand signals. It's all like yeah. things like that. And I and I, <laughs> I remember that episode. Yeah, so the hands are like, <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. I remember that. so many hand signals. <clears throat> it's just so fun. And you know, as we're as we're kind of getting near the the end of the episode, I want to just just reinforce what we said at the top of like, if nothing else. I, I don't think we have the Clone Wars as we think of it without this series. I think that this showed that that Star Wars animation was a viable medium. I think it showed that the action, the storytelling of this era could be told beautifully in this style. And I think you were totally right at the beginning of this, Corey, that Lucas has always loved animation. But I think he really, really wanted this era to be told more than anything which is why he told, talked about it in the films. He had Tartakovsky do this. He let Filoni do that. Like... This is an era he adores, and to bring it all the way full circle with the Bad Batch coming tomorrow, I think is a beautiful extension of George's vision of, I want I people from almost this- twenty almost twenty years later, man. It's really incredible. Is. Like George, warriors from the Clone Wars are gonna now go forward into other Star Wars, and we're gonna see how that affects them. How this how this event that you thought about when you were a kid essentially is yeah. now affecting soldiers out in the world in the Bad Batch. Uh, and I'm so excited for that part of the story because we've seen, you know, when Rex and Gregor and Wolf like show up in Rebels is a great, is great. I love that. But, you know, we don't get to see really the transition. And I'm, I'm amazed constantly that Star Wars can find new things to tell us about eras we already know about. And it all started here with Shaggy and worm-eating Anakin <laughs> and those weird Quarren heads. <laughs> so as we as we as we're pretty good out of here guys uh by the way before we leave one more plug tomorrow night we're gonna watch the bad batch with our patrons there's still time to join uh, just as cv did at our inquisitorious level we'll see you tomorrow night for that watch party 8 p.m eastern uh guys any last thoughts about this precursor to everything we know about the clone wars i am looking forward to the day that we get to have the holiday special discussion on the show when they when they inevitably put it on disney plus uh, and we will finally come uh, full circle guys years ago when we first God. started utini i really wanted to do a holiday special watch party i really the did first and, argument and eric, we ever really had that was an argument eric, i don't know that it was eric, a discussion <laughs> eric was vehemently against it <laughs> absolutely completely against it no that is way too negative we're supposed to be about positivity we cannot possibly watch Watch the holiday special together. It's going to happen. No, now it's three years in. We've established ourselves. It's going to happen. I own that now. (laughs) We're all Jefferson Starship fans at heart. So we have (laughs) to have that. 
I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna buy a full sequin outfit to wear to the holiday special, like the like the dancers oh on the God. little holographic table. I'm gonna do it. We're gonna rent out a theme. Here, we'll rent out a room at Celebration. Bring a projector. Hang out with us, and we'll watch the holiday special. Because uh, as Corey Helton famously said, everything has a price. Everything has a price. <laughs> it's been proven. <laughs> My good oh, God. Man. Well, everyone, I hope if if you haven't watched the Gendy stuff in a while, I hope this gave you a little itch to go check it out again. All of you in the chat, thank you for your memories of this show. That, God, it affected us as kids. We're still loving it as adults. I can't wait to talk to some of you in Discord and on Twitter tomorrow about the Bad Batch, about the next Star Wars animated show. We don't have to wait 20 years anymore like they did between Ewoks and Gendy. <laughs> But on that note, my friends, that is going to do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you already support us on Patreon, thank you so much. We will see you tomorrow night for our Night at the Opera watch party, where, again, we will be watching the premiere episode of The Bad Batch. We recommend watching beforehand because we'll probably be talking throughout a lot of it. We're so excited. We'll see you then. A special thank you goes to Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support of all things Utini. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD. Wes is at BossWes. And burgeoning video star Charles Henkel is at C. Henkel. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, who also designed the new intro for Bounty Hunt, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Corey and Wes for podcasting with me tonight. Thank you to all of you in the chat. And as always, may the force be with you. Happy May the Fourth! There is no hatred, there is joy. There is no division, there is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you, always.